0: Welcome to Full Rigor, a Florida true crime podcast. I'm Karen Curtis. Well, this is the story of the cinder woman on July 2nd, 1951, before sinking into an overstuffed easy chair in the middle of her St. Petersburg, Florida apartment. A widow named Mary Hardy Reeser slipped into her nightgown, I like to call them nighties, and popped two sleeping pills. Maybe she had a few cocktails as well. Well, Reese's landlady, her name was Pansy Carpenter. See, back then in the 50s, women were named after jewels and flowers. I remember I had a librarian in high school named Opal Redmond, and an Aunt Ruby, and an Aunt Garnet, and there was a pearl. There's also the name Dorcas from back in the 50s. It's very strange. And other ancient names like Adam and Eve. I don't think anyone will be naming their kid Karen anytime soon. I also knew a rose and daisy. Anyway, Pansy Carpenter dropped by Mary's apartment to deliver a telegram. And when Carpenter arrived, she knocked on the door. Nobody answered. She put her hand on the doorknob and found it to be unusually hot. She couldn't open the door, so she called some painters who were nearby, and they helped her bust it down, and they found a pile of ashes, one leg, and a shrunken skull where Mary had been sitting. What did the telegram say anyway? Don't light that cigarette? Well, police arrived at the apartment located at 1200 Cherry Street to find 67-year-old Mary Reeser burned to death in a mysterious mysterious fire. Reports said that her body was disintegrated by the blaze, and it was a white-hot intensity of a thousand blue stars. Not much of Risa remained. As I said, there was one slippered foot. It was her left foot. Isn't there a movie, My Left Foot? Yeah, I think it starred um, Daniel Day-Lewis. He won the Oscar in 1990 for that. A warm, romantic, and moving true story of a remarkable man, the Irish writer and painter, Christy Brown, born with cerebral palsy into an impoverished family. And apparently he could only control his left foot, and coincidentally that was all that was left of Mary Reeser, her left foot. So there was the one slippered foot, which curiously showed no signs of charring, it was just lying there pristinely in the ashes, as well as a part of her spine and a, her skull. And it was described as a shrunken skull, like the size of a teacup, super strange. Now, though the apartment was very warm when police arrived, the majority of it remained intact and the plastic household objects near the seat that Reeser was sitting in had softened and lost shape. I think they had plastic back then. I remember in the graduate, the line, just one word, plastics. I just want to say one word to you. Just one word. Yes, sir. Are you listening? Yes, sir, you Plastics. Apparently the first fully synthetic plastic was invented in 1907, it was called Bakelite. Well, but the rest of the room was seemingly unaffected by the flames that engulfed Mary Reeser. The rug had a scorch mark on it and the chair and the end table in the middle of the scorch were still upright. Also considered to fully incinerate a body, it has to be burned at 3000 degrees for three to four hours. This case baffled authorities. Now, after an investigation, police concluded that Mary's death was caused by falling asleep while smoking a cigarette after taking a sleeping pill. And she might have had a little drinky-winky or two. Now, while that conclusion may seem plausible... There were some bizarre factors about her death that led to other theories. Now, the night of her death, Mary's son, his name is Dr. Richard Reeser, visited her. And she told him that she had taken two all tablets and was planning on taking two more before bed, just to be sure. That was actually uh, the drug of choice for Marilyn Monroe, and you all know what happened to her. So later that night, Mary fell asleep. And she died in this mysterious house fire. The next morning, Mary's landlord did report smelling smoke. Remember, she had the telegram in hand. And she smelled the smoke in the hallway about 5 a.m. But it wasn't until about 8 a.m. that she discovered soot in the hallway that led to Mary's apartment. And when Reeser's landlord went to touch the doorknob, the door handle, it was too hot, so she asked nearby house painters to help her open it. And When they finally got it open, they discovered the cremated remains of Reeser's body and the ashes where the chair had been. Parts of her spine were found and then her left foot with the slipper on it. So as I said, her skull had survived among the ashes, and it had shrunken to the extent that the shrinkage was enough to be remarked upon by official investigators and it wasn't an illusion caused by the removal of all the facial features, ears, nose, lips, etc., the skin, fat, and muscle, the shrinking of the skull is not a regular feature of alleged cases of spontaneous human combustion, also known as SHC, although the shrunken skull claim has become a regular feature of anecdotal accounts of other SHC cases. Now, due to the mysterious circumstances of the case, it's been suspected that Reeser was a victim of spontaneous human combustion. This is where a person bursts into flames from a chemical reaction inside their body without any apparent ignition of an external heat source. So, the investigators sent boxes of the material from her apartment to the FBI lab in Washington, D.C. for chemical analysis. And some of the materials included a portion of the rug— rubble from the walls, and segments of the chair Reeser was sitting on at her time of death. Of course, the public was infatuated with the case as well. The coroner, Ed Silk, reported that at least 15 amateur detectives had phoned him with their theories. Hello, this is Lieutenant Columbo. Uh, I have an idea of what happened. And this is Agatha Christie. I think I know what killed her. Well, the detective team put out a statement saying that it was an accidental death by fire of unknown origin. Investigators said that that didn't mean they concluded the investigation. They were just putting out a release so that the burial could take place. And I believed they buried her in a shoebox. Just kidding. The FBI believed that Mary Reeser's own body fat provided the fuel for the fire that consumed her after possibly lighting a cigarette and falling asleep. I mean, it's true that human fatty tissue is highly combustible, even more so in... Fat people, and Reser was apparently a robust woman. She weighed about a buck 70, so if you're a fat slime ball, don't light up. So the FBI eventually declared that Reeser had been incinerated by the wick effect and not spontaneous human combustion. Because she was a known user of sleeping pills, they hypothesized that she had fallen unconscious while smoking and set fire to her nightclothes. And once the body started to burn, the FBI wrote in its report, there was enough fat and other inflammable substances to permit varying amounts of destruction to take place. Sometimes this destruction of burning will proceed to a degree which results in almost complete combustion of the body. But What about the shrunken skull that was lying in the ashes? It doesn't explain that. I mean, there's... Head hunters that shrink heads, but they remove the skull. They take the skull off the neck and then they remove the skin by making an incision behind the ears and they peel it off the skull. So here's the skull over here and they take the skin and they sow seeds under the eyes. Red seeds are placed underneath the nostrils and lips are sewn shut. The mouth is held together with three palm pins, fat and flesh of the head is removed and a wooden ball is placed under the flesh in order to keep the form. And then it's boiled in water and saturated with a number of herbs containing tannins. Then the head is dried with hot rocks and sand and they mold it to retain its human features. The skin is then rubbed with a charcoal ash. In Herman Melville's whaling novel, Moby Dick, which I'm sure you've all read. If you have it, you must read it. Ishmael meets a cannibal harpooner as he returns from a day of selling shrunken heads. And back then when Westerners created an economic demand for these heads, more and more people showed up with their heads missing because guns were usually what they acquired in exchange for the shrunken heads. The rate was one gun per head. So there was a sharp increase in the rate of killings in an effort to supply tourists and collectors with these ethnographic items. So the term headhunter and headhunting parties came from this practice, but one can use a headhunter nowadays to track down a new job. It wasn't a case that Mary Reeser had a shrunken head. It's that her skull was smaller. So the FBI's explanation was logical, but it didn't explain these anomalies like The smaller head, the pile of newspapers that failed to catch on fire. We all know the paper is highly flammable. And when the FBI sent over a few pieces of evidence to a laboratory for chemical analysis... They found no traces of combustibles. They only found melted fat in the rug. So again, they believe that Reeser was smoking. She lit her nightie on fire and then her fat fueled the fire. But there are some alternative theories on how she died. Detective Cass Burgess received a letter from an unknown person stating they saw a ball of fire thrown into her window, like a Molotov cocktail that hit her. Or remember, I did a full rigor episode on ball lightning lightning rolls in a ball and it bounces around it can even go in through your window another theory is that the fire was started purposefully some suggested that it was caused by thermite bombs kerosene etc but according to the coroner those would have left a distinct odor of kerosene magnesium phosphorus basically napalm which was not detected You smell it. Hey! napalm son. Nothing else in the world smells like that. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. (laughs) Smells like victory. That's Robert Duvall in Apocalypse Now. So the last theory is that she died of human combustion. And there are only 200 reported cases of human combustion. So it's been almost 70 years since Mary Reeser died. So was it spontaneous human combustion? Given how long it's been since her death, it seems unlikely the true cause will ever be determined. But before we get into various cases of people who died from human combustion, there are three theories on what can cause it. One is when internal fluids turn into gas, melt fat, and burn the organs and bones. Two... Things that can change your diet and diabetes can create cells that are vulnerable to igniting. A large concentration of acetate could contribute to spontaneous combustion. Some people believe that human combustion can occur from things like static electricity, bacteria and stress, obesity and alcohol consumption. In fact, your heart is beating in your chest with the help of electric impulses. It's the S.A. node, known as the heart's natural pacemaker. The impulse starts in a small bundle of specialized cells located in the right atrium called the S.A. node. So maybe Mary's heart sparked and lit her fat on fire. Who knows? So one case of spontaneous human combustion happened in Italy in the 1400s, when Polonus vorstius died by bursting into flames after a night of drinking, Another case happened in 1745, also in Italy. Hmm, I knew Italians were fiery, but that's ridiculous. When a countess, Cornelia Bandy was found burnt with only her legs still intact, like Mary. And the third was in 1982 when the family of Jean Safin witnessed her burst into flames. Most recently, Michael Flattery in Ireland in 2010 burst into flames. None of his surroundings were badly tarnished. But despite various theories of Mary Reeser's tragic death, it still remains unsolved. How do you think Mary Reeser died? And I wanted to update you on a recent happening that involves a local celebrity. Golf star and Jupiter Island resident Tiger Woods has had a couple problems with his driving, at least on the road, not off the tee. He's an excellent driver. Of course, I'm an excellent driver. You know how to drive? Yeah. Tiger Woods has had several driving mishaps yesterday in Los Angeles and two right here in South Florida. One in Palm Beach County, the other one near Orlando. This morning, Tiger is awake and responsive after undergoing surgery on his leg following a rollover crash near L.A. Traffic closure the us now. versus trapped. Sheriff Vehicle on Vehicle off the side of the road. The 45-year-old, 15-time major champion, suffered fractures affecting the upper and lower portions of his right leg. He had compound fractures, so that means the bone was sticking through the skin. Woods also suffered foot and ankle injuries, which were stabilized with pins and screws. Investigators believe that Speed may have been involved in the single-vehicle crash, and Woods has just undergone a fifth back surgery in December, so painkillers may or may not have been involved. Here's Los Angeles County Sheriff Alex Alex Villanueva. We're looking at uh, signs of uh, influ- under the influence of either narcotics, medication, alcohol, odor of alcohol, all these different things that would give you an idea in their behavior, but there was none present. Villanueva says that Tiger won't face any charges in connection with the crash, and he blames the wreck on a dangerous stretch of road. So you remember back in 2017 in the town of Jupiter, police found Tiger with his brake lights and blinker on, stopped in the middle of the roadway with two flat tires. Tires and damaged bumpers it was mercedes and apparently tiger was asleep at the wheel and had to be awakened and then police say his speech was extremely slow he was confused and he didn't know where he was well, here's part of his roadside sobriety test from the jupiter police officers dash cam with your feet together and your arms down by your side okay so go ahead and get there now with your arms down by your side okay Don't begin until I tell you to, okay? But when I tell you to, I want you to close your eyes and tilt your head backwards, okay? And you're going to recite the entire English alphabet in a slow, non-rhythmic manner, meaning you're not going to sing it, okay? Do you understand the instructions? Okay, what were the instructions? Not to sing the national anthem backwards. Not to sing the national anthem backwards? Okay. Yeah. And before that incident, Woods had just had back surgery, and he told police he had taken multiple prescription drugs, and when agreeing to the breathalyzer, he blew all zeros, no alcohol in his system. And then Woods released a statement saying afterward that he was on prescription meds and, quote, I didn't realize the mix of medications had affected me so strongly, and he apologized to his fans and family. Then, the big driving mishap happened on Thanksgiving Day, November 27th, 2009. Early in the morning, police were summoned to Woods neighborhood near Orlando, where his Cadillac Escalade SUV crashed into a fire hydrant and a tree as he was leaving his home about 2.30 a.m. Apparently, his wife, Elin, found out about all his affairs. Apparently, she saw some text messages. Tiger had just taken an Ambien, so she had to wake him up out of a dead sleep and she chased him out of the house with a golf club he hopped in the suv and took off and that's when he crashed mind emergency i need an ambulance immediately i have someone down in front of my house they hit a pole okay. i came out to see was a they car were... accident sir um, it's, it's a car accident yes i need you yes okay and are they trapped inside of the vehicle no they're laying on the ground okay sir medical's on the line sir okay by a rescue. What happened? What's wrong? I have my neighbor, he hit the tree and we came out here just to see what was going on. I see him and he's laying down. By hit the tree, you mean it was an auto accident? Yes, there was an auto accident, yes. You're unconscious? Yes. Okay, are you able to tell if he's breathing? Uh, no, I can't tell right now. Alright, we do have help on the way. What color is this car too? It's a black Escalade. What happened? We don't know what happened. We're just trying to, we're figuring all out right now. We just, we're on the phone to police right now. Okay. Well, he got paramedics on the way, but I'm going to stay on the phone in case you do climb up further, okay? Okay. Okay, thank you. So even after all that, Tiger Woods was able to bounce back. He's the comeback kid, and he won the Masters. He won his fifth green jacket in 2019. Will he be able to come back from this? I would never count Tiger out. Just like Hawthorne Boulevard, the road on which he crashed, Tiger's road to recovery will be long and winding and very hilly. Our hearts and prayers go out to Tiger Woods and his family. (laughs) Haha, just when you thought Full Rigor was over, I have a question. Why do you like to listen to Full Rigor and, God forbid, other true crime podcasts? Well, there's several reasons. One, because evil fascinates you. Even as kids, we're drawn to the tension between good and evil. And true crime embodies our fascination with that dynamic. Two, it's healthy to a point As long as you don't fall asleep every night to forensic files. Wait a minute. I do that. According to one psychologist, there's nothing weird about being true crime obsessed. It says that you're normal and you're healthy. Yay. Three, you like listening to my podcast because of the 24-7 news cycle. Because, hey, if it bleeds, it leads. And because you can't look away from a train wreck. I mean, are you a rubbernecker when driving past an accident? You probably enjoy full rigor then. In fact, women are more drawn than men to true crime podcasts that contain tips on how to defend against an attacker. We want to be prepared. So, in fact, you might want to check out my full Rigger podcast episode number eight. Turning the Tables on a Serial Killer Rapist. It's about a Tampa teen who is snatched off her bike by a serial killer and rapist and lives through 26 hours of hell. She escapes and eventually puts him on death row. By letting his victim live, he saved her life. In more ways than one. It's such a great story. And you'll also like to listen to Full Rigor because face it, you're glad you're not the victim. (laughs) In fact, you feel relieved that you're not the victim. You're saying to yourself, but for the grace of God, this could happen to me. That's what makes it real. And there's a sense of relief in the realization that it happened to somebody else rather than you. And you like full rigor because it gives you an adrenaline rush, and we're all adrenaline junkies, a jolt of adrenaline is a reward for reliving terrible deeds. Never doubt the addictive powers of adrenaline. The euphoric effect of true crime on human beings is similar to that of a roller coaster or natural disasters. We like to be scared in a controlled manner. And because we're trying to solve the mystery, that's always fun. How did Mary Reeser die? Listening to True Crime Podcast gives you a sense of closure and hopefully it also challenges your brain. And finally, you listen to my Full rigor Florida True Crime Podcast because the storytelling is good and comforting, like a big dish of macaroni and cheese. Well, be sure to tune in next week for another big helping of my Full rigor Florida True Crime Podcast. Thanks for listening and until next time. Get early access to Macy's Black Friday specials on gifts they'll love at prices you will too. Now while supplies last, like 40 to 50% off boots and shoes for him and for her, sweaters for him and her, just 24 dollars and 60% off holiday decor, hosting essentials and so much more. Plus download the free app for more Black Friday deals at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply.